1: This episode of Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, is brought to you by Cinch by Amerigas. Check them out at cinch.com, C-Y-N-C-H.com. They'll deliver a full propane tank to your home for just $10 using our promo code ITSLIT5. That's I-T-S-L-I-T and the number 5. Just ten dollars. They'll take away your old propane tank. They'll replace it with a new full propane tank for just ten dollars using the promo code. It's lit five. And by DraftKings Sportsbook, sign up today using the promo code Crossing Broad, all one word. Take a look at their excellent promos, their excellent deals, and what sports returning now, is the best time ever to sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. And now, let's get on with the show. Hi, my name is Alevin Young, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Connectney.
0: Hi, I'm Paul Hulgren. Hi, I'm Matt Neskinen. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Faraby. Hi, it's
1: Derek Grant. Hi, this is Bob Clark. you're listening to
0: Snow the Goalie. Snow Snow the Goalie. Snow
1: the Goalie. Snow 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 the Goalie. Oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, we went with an aggressive, a very energetic, oh, yes, last week, A very long, elongated, excited, oh yes, made people happy on Twitter. But no, we're going with the aggressive one, and why? Because hockey is back in our lives. And listen, it happened in Toronto. It happened with no fans in the stands, but the NHL did a really good job, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, about capturing the the essence of of hockey in the best way you can without fans. But before we get into that, because there's a lot to talk about tonight, we've got Anthony Sanfilippo, my, my old pal, and, you know, Mr. Happy. And if you, for some reason, checked out of the podcast uh, over the NHL pause, you would have missed exclusive interviews with Chris Pronger and Danny Brière and Mike Knuble and Dave Poulin and Brian Prop and among others. Uh, that would be a mistake on your end, but it's okay. Welcome back, and for the thousands of you who have joined us over the last few months, hello again, Anthony. How are you feeling about hockey being back in your life? You just hockaloogee? What is that? Oh, I think he's snoring. He's snoring. Yes, this is the oh, best. Oh, yeah, hi, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Russ. Hi, Where Anna. you been? It's
0: been a oh, long time.
1: Yeah, just been sitting. Just been sitting. Look, I All like right, your hibernation. Was a, that was good. You're like a bear, a Delco bear. Wasn't there Delco bear? a Delco f- bear like a few years ago? Wasn't yeah, that Yeah, thing? it
0: was actually on, not even a few years ago. It was last year. It was on my street, as a matter of fact. Oh my god, the it was front you. Page photo. The front page photo was taken by one of my neighbors That's uh, for the local paper. But um, uh, no, as, the reason I'm sn- I was snoring, fakingly there, but, but the reason I was snoring is, and this might be just me, Russ, and I'm excited for the, the playoff to start. I'm excited for everything to begin, um, you know, that, which is next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited. I cannot ever, whether it's in a pandemic whether it's in a normal year, whether, you know, it's coming off of a championship or whether there are great expectations for a team. I can't, for the love of God, get behind and get excited for an exhibition game in any sport, but hockey, hockey's one of the, one of the way. And I know that this was a little bit different because this was a, almost a full roster. Normally, your exhibition hockey games, you get about four real players and a bunch of minor leaguers, right? But so today, the majority of the guys who were in the lineup are going to be playing for the. Floor. So, so it's, I, I get it. It was a little bit different, and I, you know, and I watched the game beginning to end. I just can't get excited about it. I just can't take a lot out of it. Like I'll, and that's just it. Might be just me. There, I'm sure that the fans out it's there were you. thrilled. It and is good for them. It, and that's fine. And, and, and it's fine if it's just me. Um, and we'll talk about, I mean, you know, we'll talk about what we saw today. There's no negatives from today. I don't think there yeah. was a negative. There was not one negative from the, from what we watched today. No. Right. But at the same time, I'm also not going to sit here and be like, Oh my God, yes, this is so awesome. They're ready to go. They're going to come out, you know, guns a blazing and, and dominate the league. I'm not going there either. It was an sure. exhibition hockey game. And, that, yeah. and that's all there is to it. So I don't mean to poo poo your excitement. Because I think that that excitement is certainly – You can't rain on my parade. You can't. I think that that excitement is well-placed for the return of hockey. Yeah, uh, That begins it really in earnest on Sunday, right? So it's well-placed for that. Um, but I can't sit here and say and, – and, you know, we're not going to have another uh, episode until after that next Flyers game uh, against Boston on Sunday. So you so think. So So no, but you like so you think that you're, you know. So what you're saying and your excitement is well placed in in this episode. I just want to make sure that right off the top here, we clarify that that excitement had nothing to do with the fact that there was an exhibition hockey game today.
1: Oh no, it was all about the exhibition hockey. Well, then you're a nut job. Then you're a whack job. I am a wacko. (laughs) Um, Okay, so a couple of things. I'm more excited that the sport is back. I'm also excited by the fact that this sport got it right uh, while the other sport that you host a podcast for screwed the pooch. And we are going to continue to, to have to, you know, have the news cycle get sucked into major league baseball and their players association, how they're a bunch of morons and how they didn't have a better plan in place. And like how, you know, the Miami Marlins who are a, you know, useless team could potentially, you know, call into question whether their season's going to continue. doesn't matter. The NHL got this right. And I want to point this out. Because I try not to go to war with people anymore, but there was a a radio host who a few weeks ago, um, I'm trying to remember who it was. I know it was the thing. It was a poll. I could probably pull it from a tweet. Somebody a few weeks ago made a big stink, and, and they said, which team are you most excited to see come back? And it was like the Phillies, I think the Eagles, or it was like the Phillies, the Sixers, and the Eagles. Yeah, that was it. And the Flyers weren't on there, and people were like, hey, why aren't the Flyers on this list? And the host said, I can't consider that a thing until they announce where the hub cities are. And I think I made at the time I made the point, is it better to get it right and wait until the last minute to make sure that you're ensuring that the cities you pick are best suited for the longevity of your sport and being able to finish the season, or to just throw it out there and say that it's that it's happening. And I was right. Because now what we what we've seen and what we you know talked to Elaine Vino about yesterday is, you know, what exactly does the hub city feel like in Toronto? Has it been a good experience so far? Uh, AV noted uh, during his Monday press availability that the team was the first to arrive on Sunday. They were the first team in the Toronto bubble and that the accommodations are good. The things that we see on social media where the NBA were, you know, lamenting and even MLS players had been lamenting the Orlando bubbles uh, you know, delivered sandwiches and little cardboard boxes that they're paying $75 for. Um, day one with the NHL, they had an omelet bar and like all kinds of fun stuff going on. So the NHL did it right. It sounds like the accommodations are good. I asked Av if he found any place to get a martini. He said, don't worry about it. I've already found the martini bar. We know that we're in good shape here. So I'm more excited about the fact that hockey's returned. The fact that the players and the coaches seem to be on the same page that like, hey, for having to bring back a sport in the middle of a pandemic, things are actually pretty good here. I can tell you that from like the press availability for MLS for the Philadelphia Union, there are still questions. Even though they're in that Orlando bubble, there's still this like feeling of uncertainty and and fear. And I think part of that is just because they're around people in Florida who are not forced to quarantine, meaning the workers. Whereas up in Canada, things are kind of handled pretty well. So that's my excitement. I'm not, you know, I'm not that's gonna great. say that. You know, an exhibition game is the Stanley Cup final. It's not. But it was nice to see the guys back out on the ice. And it's been nice yeah, it to good. to hear positivity it's good. around the sport. I think it's good. Matt Niskanen
0: is completely unrecognizable with that um, beard that he's grown. Uh, that, was, that was an observation that I had today. Uh, but, no, it was good to see them. And the best news from today, the absolute best news from this game, they came out of it healthy. Yep. <laughs> That was the absolute best news because, you know, that's the one thing that you always hate about exhibition sports is that you're playing a game that doesn't mean anything and somebody runs the risk of getting hurt. Right. So it was good to see them. And and I'll say, I'll say this, the pace for an exhibition game was higher than a normal mm -hmm. exhibition game. No doubt. Um, uh, so there, so that was good. Um, there was a they did look a little cohesive, at least the regulars looked cohesive. Um, uh, you know, the, seeing Lawton play with uh Hayes and Konechny, uh, was a nice combination. We saw that really earlier good, in the year, really. Good um, combo. It, it worked out well on the game winning goal there. I mean, Kevin Hayes also had a, a goal in the game. Um, you know, Coots looked like Coots, played good defense um yeah there was no there was no negatives so I thought both goalies played well um they each get they each allowed a goal uh, Hart made 12 <laughs> saves Elliott made 13 um Flyers were a little bit loosey goosey in the third period defensively um but other than that I felt that it was it was just fine it was good to see the guys good to have them out there feeling feeling good chemistry with each other against an opponent that's not themselves and now we'll see what happens come Sunday and that's really how I can, like, I, I, it's all I can really do to really assess this. You know, we want to talk about the fact that Zamula got into a game. That's nice. That's good for the kid, 20 years yeah. old. Get him a little bit of experience against another NHL club so he gets a taste of what that, you know, what that's like at this level. That's great. I thought it was great that they got Gostas, and Friedman out on the ice because there's a good chance that one or both of them may have to at some point. Uh, in a long playoff run, if somebody gets hurt or whatever uh or they're struggling, get one of them into the lineup so it was good to get them a full game. I thought they looked okay uh out there together um but uh, other than that like what, what what are we breaking down like there's there's not, the fact is is that they didn't get they came out of it healthy, and that's the best thing we can say
1: about the team. Yeah, uh, and you know what, like the funny thing is, and this happened earlier in the week because the Sixers had their first exhibition game against the Grizzlies and Joel Embiid only played 13 minutes and then it came out that he had uh, soreness in I think it was the calf or the knee, it doesn't matter. But the, the immediate reaction from people was, well, you just had four months off. How are you hurt? And it's like, well, that's also unfair because, you know, in any sport, you're trying to ramp your way up. And I think that's kind of where we come back to the Jack Adams argument for Elaine Vigneault as coach of the year. Because every player who's been made available in the past couple of weeks, but especially in this past week, when they've been talking about the way that AV has built the the workout regimen and the training regimen, and the practice, um, you know, in terms of ramping it up, nobody has – and I, by the way, I wouldn't expect anybody to go to the press and complain about AV. That wouldn't end well for them in the locker room. But they've all kind of raved about the way that he has been um, – you know, the, the leadership by committee thing of, of, you know, the best sign of a leader is somebody who empowers those around him to, to make decisions and that he listens to the sports science staff and the nutritionists. And like, if they say, you know, there's only so much you can push these guys on. There's only a a certain amount of time that you can push them to do X, Y, Z. He listens. He's not, you know, a, a bull in a China shop on that kind of thing. So that's good. And I think that kind of also showed itself, you know, the players have talked about over the last few days about how it's really ramped up think um, it was even Chuck Fletcher. It was, I think Monday might've been Saturday said something about, you know, AV's attention to detail. If he says it's a 42 minute practice, he has it planned down to the last second of a 42 minute practice. Um, the players have talked about the fact that that's also a really nice thing that, you know, uh, that he's got it planned out and that like, once it's done, it's done. You know how much energy you're going to exert. And it's a clear plan. It's everything is, is well mapped out and it feels like everything is meaningful. And they've all talked about his his you know attention to detail in ramping this thing up and and that they feel like it's being done in the right way you're not getting complaints of of guys saying that you know they feel wiped or exhausted. There are no rumors coming out there there is no sourcing that's coming out around the team saying that you know things are being done the wrong way. Uh, you know I think the flyers actually look like the more fit of the two teams if I could go. You know, be as as bold as to say. I think they look like the the better condition of the two, and I think that also bodes well for them. You know, in Sunday's game, the the first you know meaningful matchup in the round robin against Boston. Um, the the idea has come up here, and I want to throw this to you. The idea has come up about the round robin games and the importance. And the Flyers, in theory, do have a path to potentially get up to the top seed. Obviously, they need some things to work out for them to get there. Um, you know, given that there's no real home ice advantage. There are some things that the, the league is doing that we'll talk about in arena to try to give a home ice advantage. If, if you're AV, are you looking to get as many guys into these three-round robin games as possible, knowing that like home ice advantage isn't quite the same? Or do you say, no, like, we really do want to get as high as we can in the standings, and if that means I shorten the bench and I kind of eliminate some guys from contention, that's what I do. W- what do you do?
0: Well, I think it's both in all honesty, Russ. Um, uh, I, I I've said on this show, um, previously that I think that there's a slight disadvantage for the top seeds in, in the NHL that these round robin games, what are you really playing for? Like, it doesn't matter. You're, you're not going to be in your building there. It's, there is no home ice advantage. Yeah. Okay. You get the, the better, you know, get the home, uh, locker room you get the um the the better change two periods out of three you don't you only you know whatever um uh, you get the last line you get the last uh line change um you know it, it, whatever it is t- it's the typical stuff like that i mean there's those are those are tiny advantages um so i think that ultimately you know what you want to do is you want to get guys into the games who you think may have an opportunity to play in the playoffs now you're not going deep down your list you're not going to the bottom of your list and putting your 30th or 31st guy um, out there and saying yeah i just want to get you a game so that you know you're ready to roll I don't think that's the case. I think there's a reason that these guys, you know, practice hard and are black aces um, for a reason. I mean, that's, that's what they're there for in case of emergency. They're not there to to get ready to play, okay? So I, I think that, you know, maybe instead of having 20 guys that play those three games, you might have 23. Um, a couple, maybe one or two extra defensemen, maybe an extra forward, maybe two extra forwards, maybe 24. Um, but I think that that's really it. I mean, I don't think it goes beyond that. But at the same time, you don't want to get off to a bad start in the sense that you don't want to not take those games seriously because then if you lose all three games and then you go into the playoff round and it's like, wow, we're really not playing well and we're going into this. Now we got to, we got to turn it on. We're not going to have the energy of fans yelling and screaming to help us find that. Um, so I think that's, that's, you know, something as well. So you, you want to win those games. You want to try and win those games you're going to coach like you want to win those games um and so i think that they're going to take them seriously uh but like i said i mean i think it's it's a situation where you know let's let's try and win the game as best we can but also try and get a couple extra guys some time just so that they you know have a game under
1: their belt or two games under their belt before we hit the actual playoff run well i appreciate the fact that you know you uh, went out of your way there to uh, hedge and and do both and that's well, fine but it's the it's the truth, Russ. I mean, really. I mean, sure. Could I have could I have given you a hot take one way or the
0: other? I could have. I could have. I could have said, "Yeah, these games don't matter. Just play whoever the hell you want. You know, try and keep your best players healthy. Only mm-hmm. play Jerue Couturier. You know, ten minutes in each game. You know, pull Carter Hart halfway through. Like, I mean, you could do all. I could have said that. I mean, and and made a valid argument to do that." But, you know, this isn't talk radio. We're not sitting here trying to get people riled up to call in to tell us how stupid we are. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're not just saying stuff. We're, we're being given an honest opinion. The honest opinion is, yeah, you want to protect your players. Yes, you want to get guys uh, an opportunity to play that may actually play in the playoffs that you're thinking about potentially including in your lineup. But at the same time, you also do want to win the games because you want to have good momentum. You want to have good cohesion moving into the playoffs once those games matter. So – um. Why well, I think that's that's the most you know fair way of putting it. And is it a hedge? Of course, it's a hedge.
1: But at the same time, I think it's the right answer. So uh, I agree. I think on on pretty much all counts. The I think the thing that maybe will help. And I think this is I want to talk to now about you know the the arena and and the way that they have everything set up and how home ice might be affected. You know, you brought up the fact that you get the better change two out of three periods, which I think, like, in terms of the actual game itself is probably the the most important advantage. Um, The NHL has done, I think, a pretty darn good job of making the game look good and sound good. And and it's worth noting to those who, you know, watch this game that this wasn't the full array of what the NHL has. This isn't everything that they're going to have – on both the, you know, in our case, NBC Sports Philadelphia or whatever regional sports network you watch the game on uh, versus the national telecast. But the league has done a couple of things that I think are beneficial. And I want to get your feeling because I know that, you know, production guy, director, actor over there, like you care about the production, maybe not as much in hockey as you would on the stage, but it is still worth pointing out. The league has expanded the use of microphones and the use of, uh, cameras They're up to 32 cameras, which is 12 more than they typically have. Now, if you watch the telecast today, you might think to yourself, like, it didn't look like there was all that much. I Again, I don't think they had everything. Um, there was a 49-minute video that the league released last week, and I think in that there was 12 minutes dedicated specifically to what they were doing uh, on the production side. One of the things is they have a boom crane that's going to be in the arenas, uh, both at Rogers Place and at Scotiabank. Uh, that's effectively going to be able to keep up it's it's sort of in a way kind of like the dolly cam that you see going around the the racetrack at a at a horse race and kind of like the Sky cam feel that you get uh, watching a football or a soccer game that ESPN's been toying with so that's cool we didn't see that today I think they've used a variation of that if I'm not mistaken uh, during the winter classic I think they've used something kind of that overhead keeping up with the the pace but the fact that the the audio didn't echo, we didn't get that weird reverberation thing, we didn't get that empty arena feel that a lot of the European soccer leagues were getting, I thought was nice. I didn't expect that. I was wondering how they were going to handle it. I thought that, like, for the most part, the sound was good. How did you feel about how the game sounded today? Yeah, I mean, look,
0: I, I look at it in, in this way. I think that what the NHL is doing is, is, fo- is good for the – um viewer experience, right? I think it, I think the game sounded well. Uh, I actually did notice a couple of new camera angles um and, and I've I've been screaming Russ for I feel like it may be decades now. It may I'm sure it's into a second decade. Um I'm not certain it's quite got to a third decade yet, but we're getting there. That I always felt that hockey would be better on television if it was presented like a video game. Mhm. If fans got to watch the action like it looks like on a video game where you watch it from kind of above north and south Mm -hmm. and not necessarily east to west. I think you lose too much of the game watching east to west. You lose the puck on the near wall. You got to rely on switching camera angles. Um, So sometimes it's hard to kind of see. And then you also don't see plays develop. Like, a lot of times, you know, you need a clear breakaway to see. But a lot of times when you're watching the game from above, and this is why we sit at the top of the arena, press box, it's why GM's boxes are in the top of the arena as well, because they want to see how the game is developing below them. And you can see something. You could almost sense, like, the play that was made on the game-winning goal today when Connecting makes that, you know, he goes back, circles back, a half circle back, and then makes an outlet pass and hits uh, Lawton in stride. You could see that developing from up up top. So Mm -hmm. if you're watching that from a camera angle that's above the rink, it's really cool, and I think it would work uh, in TV. And I think that they're going to, you know, they had a couple cameras today that were different than the normal camera angle that was a little bit out over the ice. Yes, maybe not quite center, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but a little bit out over the ice, kind of like a diagonal. And I thought that that was a, a decent angle. So I thought that was a good thing. Um, I'd still like to see one that shoots it straight above, uh, like you were just talking about. Yeah. And I think that it was nice. You know, They had a little bit of ambient crowd noise. Um, they had the celebration sound for the goal for the Flyers because they were technically the home team, I guess, in this game. Um, just kind of, you know, you know, whenever they scored, like the fans were would cheer and stuff.
1: Well, so that- there were some good elements to that. Yeah, that yeah, is I, worth noting that. I thought that
0: it was fine. I thought they did a nice job.
1: The arena sounds, um, and, and I, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, I did have my kids running around the house, but I'm, I'm mostly sure that the goal horn that you heard for Pittsburgh and Philly were their respective home horns. They were not the same. Yes. Um, I, yes. I don't know because the NHL kind of danced around this. The round-robin games, I think they're going to have you know the same way where it's almost like neutralize, You get your goal song, you get your goal horn. I do wonder once you start getting into the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final, if that carries through. Because you would think that that would be like one of those ways to affect the mood or to affect that, you know, you were talking earlier about like the extrinsic motivation of having the fans in the crowd and you're losing that. So what's the other way to do it? You're pounding with music, you're pounding with the normal arena sounds. Um, I do wonder... If the power play, the Flyers only had one, I believe, on the day. Uh, I wonder if the Pico power play is going to be a thing. If we're going to hear that sound, because that's—I mean—that was a sponsorship that was paid for, and that's a thing that would happen in the arena. I do wonder if. Well, did you
0: notice? Did you notice, Russ?
1: This is this was an interesting thing, and I don't know how many people saw
0: this, but the advertisements on the boards—yes, half of them were Flyers advertisements and half of them were penguins advertisements yep. so like you would you, you would see ppg paints for the penguins right It's a penguins ad and then you would see xfinity yep. right right next to it for for the flyers or whatever you know just yep. i'm just spitballing i mean obviously xfinity can be in pittsburgh too but um but yeah they had it was like they were alternating advertisements one for the flyers and one for the penguins which i think is interesting that they're they actually have someone going in there and was putting on new ads for each game and they're playing what three games a day on the ice. Um, that's, that's, that's crazy that they're doing that, but I guess, you know, that's what's, that's what's allowing them to have it is that money from those advertisers.
1: So, yeah. And you know, like um, I originally, I originally was kind of wondering if if that was how it was going to go down if that was how it was going to look, because I know that they, they have had the ability in the past to do, um, like the, the digital board, not the led, like you would see on like the the sideline of, of like an NBA or MLS game, but like the the ability to superimpose it digitally on the feed because there were pictures that were going around, um, even that the Flyers themselves had shared um, from inside Scotiabank. Uh, Travis Sanheim was in one of the pictures, and like I'm I'm looking at it now. It's it, it would be on the hard camera side, so away from where the game was actually being shot, and you've got uh, Sobeys Scotiabank. Esso, Pepsi, I don't know what this other oh, that's a Kit Kat. That's really hard to tell. Sport check, Navy Federal, Credit Union, Truly, and Duncan. Um, I I'm pretty sure that what we saw were hard ads. It is possible that they could have done a digital alter to them, but I don't think that's what that is. Because no, I think because I think you know how weird that is, like on, at the ends of the the glass behind the goals, how they have that superimposed. We yeah. didn't get any kind of like weird tech glitchy things, So they no, must no, be no. changing it, which is cool and just for for the knowledge of the of the fans in case
0: you don't know all it is is it's just like a giant like wall sticker i mean it's it's, it's like a fat head in a lot of ways like it it peels off does it peel off the back and just stick it to the boards right yep and that's all it is so and then you go in and you take it off and put a new one in now like you said the ones that are probably on the ca- the side where the cameras are they very well, and the ones you were just reading off, sounded a lot like Canadian uh, advertisements. You know, when you yes. say ESO, SO's in Canada. That's not America. That's, that's Exxon in Canada, right? I mean, it's ESO up there. Um, so, so those sound like the, some Canadian advertisers, but on the, on the side where the TV cameras are, are angling, they're going to show you the advertisers for the two teams that are playing. And I think it'll be interesting to watch like for example, come Sunday when there I think are there's three games Sunday, right? Um, yes. Maybe it's two, but you, if you, no, you watch it's, them, it's three. Um, it's three, right? If, if yeah. you watch each game, I think that you'll see different advertisers on the one. They were not. They're not digital. They're they are hard ads, and so someone is actually going out on the ice between those games, changing half the boards to put different advertisers advertisers up.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just to to clarify. There are five I, games on Sunday. I was wrong. There are five games on Sunday. Three are out west and then two are in the east. So you've got um, – Okay. But I meant the, in each the, arena. I, I think I, I think it was three in three so the arena. It's, it's three, so it's three out west. Uh, that's Coyotes and, and Preds two games, two at two. two. You've got uh, Blues and Avalanche at 6.30 and then Wild and Canucks at 10.30. And then on in the east, in Toronto, you've got Flyers, Bruins at three and then um, Columbus and Toronto at eight. It's interesting because, and this is, I think the last thing on this part, but like, uh, you know, you talk about the visual, we talked about the audio and about the, the way that they're intending on trying to incorporate things that make things feel unique. That was the one thing that they really hit on in that long presentation is the desire to make every game feel unique. You don't want it to feel like a cookie cutter thing. Now, obviously, Center Ice, you've got that beautiful Stanley Cup uh, logo, dead center, right? You weren't going to try to superimpose the team's home logo that makes it feel a little bit different, maybe a little bit, you know, more special, but the fact that they've gone out of their way to try to make these games feel different, I think is nice. Uh, the video boards that are on, uh, you know, across from the hard cam. So what you're seeing, uh, behind the, the action, you've got the tart seats low, and then just above it, you've got all those, you know, large digital screens. I think that's kind of cool. Um, it didn't show up as much on this telecast. I wonder if they're going to have a hard cam that they're going to end up putting lower, closer toward the ice, where you're going to actually see those as more of a backdrop, almost giving you that feel of being in like the sixth or seventh row. Again, trying to give you the the feeling of the speed of the game. Maybe that's another kind of angle they're going to look at. Um, I bring up the boards because that's one of the things that Carter Hart had said earlier in the week that he, he was a little bit unsure of and unsure of adjusting to. And then he did say after this game, that that's a thing that's going to take some time to get used to is not only the, 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 the light sign signs of, or sight sight lines, sight lines. That's it. The sight lines of the tarped seats, the way that the light's going to bounce off of those. And then knowing that on one side, you have got these video boards. He did say that took some getting used to, but it's not just him. It's going to be anybody who goes in. And again, maybe that's why it's so important if you're Lane or if you're one of these other coaches that you're getting, as many of your guys and as many of your goalies in to get some kind of time to get used to this as possible.
0: You know what I find fascinating? What? That we find this fascinating. Why? Like, like to me, it it's it's still just about the game, right? It's still okay. just about the outcome. It's still just about what's going. On. And I know I'm, I know I'm an older guy, right? And I remember games when it didn't have any of these. You know, visuals it didn't have all the bells and whistles. You just watched a game. Right? I, I go back to watching hockey when there were there was one 30 second commercial at a commercial break, and then you were back to the game. Um, and that's it. and there weren't TV timeouts. It would only it would, it would only occur like if there was an icing or something, it would give you a 30 second commercial, and then you were back to the game again. So like you know maybe that's what it is like i don't i I don't care in all honesty. Mm-hmm. what the what what it's like but i'm old right you guys are younger you guys probably care a little bit more about this because of the generation that you guys are in and that's fine it's totally fine I don't, I don't begrudge that um but i find it i find it fascinating that this is this and it's not just us talking about it it's being talked about everywhere like this is a thing that people really really care about and i, and I guess it's just something else to talk about until the games really matter but gee, I don't, I don't, it's one of those, I don't get it's personal. So, like I don't, I don't understand
1: it. Well, uh, So here's why I care. Um, And, and maybe I'll get your feeling on this and you can let me know, but you get one shot for me. Like, I think you get, you get one shot at the casual view. And I do think that to some extent you do get, you're, you're really trying to build equity with your loyal fans who have missed the sport for so long and you don't want to have them turn off. Because of the presentation. And it does matter because I can tell you that when the Bundesliga first started up, they weren't using the, the virtual crowd and it was all empty seats. And the immediate feedback was, that's weird seeing the empty seats is typically a thing in European soccer that's used like when you ban the fans because they've done like a racist chant or something. And that made it feel weird. Then they added in the virtual crowd noise, but they didn't have the seats tarped. And that came off as like very strange and very off-putting to hear the sounds of a full stadium, but empty seats. I can tell you, and you and I probably won't agree on this, the Phillies, when I saw their first game, and we knew that like, hey, rah, 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 the the healthcare heroes, we wanted to have the doctors and nurses and have their pictures behind home plate. I don't like the aesthetic of it. It honestly is more distracting to me than I think is worth it. And, and then you mix into that the possibility of there being, you know, virtual crowd noise, and then you see thousands of seats as the ball gets hit foul or for a home run, and you know that the place is empty. That to me was so off-putting, and I wanted to watch – that game but something about the the lack of continuity between what i was seeing behind home plate and in the stands and the sounds that i was hearing was so disconcerting i genuinely felt like i i wanted to watch the game on mute it bothered me that much i don't know why listening to it in the in in the car listening to the to Fransky in la i had no issues i like i also like that they let the game breathe but that's another thing for another day something about the visual and the audio not linking up really, really bothered me. And this, I thought, was done really well because there's no way to mask that it's an empty arena. The NBA built theirs to be effectively on a sound. And the sounds and the sights and everything, they had a weird thing going with, like, mics under the court. But, like, that felt like it lined up. It sounded like the game taking place on a sound stage. It felt like your local gym, but gussied up to be at the pro level. I think that what the NHL did here in terms of presentation is about as as damn good of a job as they could have done given that they're playing in a full arena full-size nhl arena and it's empty i think they did an exemplary job
0: yeah i hear what you're saying ross i i don't think you're you're you know being ridiculous by what you're saying um and i get it like i said i I think a younger generation notices these things like we we don't like I, i i don't it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to watch the game regardless of what the uh, broadcast looks like. Like it doesn't matter to me. Like if I, if I'm interested in flyers versus Bruins on Sunday, I don't care what the, what the broadcast looks like now that's me. Um, but you're right. I'm more of a hardcore person as far as the sport is concerned. And the casual viewer may need, you know, that distraction to, to entertain them. Um, I find it interesting, you know, you, you talked about that they wanted to each game to feel unique and feel different, and I'll tell you that I get that, but I think, if I think back to, like, the NCAA tournament, and up until maybe a decade ago, each arena looked different, right? Each arena looked like its arena, whatever, where you were playing. The floor was the floor for the arena, um, and you had the team names off on the side, whatever, blah, blah, blah uh the host school's name was on the was on the arena whatever or was on the floor whatever and then about a decade ago they changed it to have a uniform basketball court for every arena so when you're watching on TV it ne- nothing looked different everything looked exactly the same the only way you could tell where you were is that um uh on the uh, uh sideline it would say you know Washington DC or you know Detroit, whatever, wherever they're playing. But other than that, like the, every floor looked exactly the same. So it was not a unique experience for the viewer. And yet college basketball tournament draws, you know, millions of viewers every year without issue, including casual viewers. And I think betting has a lot to do with that. Sure. And so maybe what, I was, what I'm trying to get to here is because hockey maybe doesn't have that foothold in the betting world that basketball and football and even baseball do, that maybe you need to concentrate more on the experience for the viewer because you're not getting the viewer who just wants to watch because they're betting the game, right? So, I like, to me, I think that that's that's maybe the justification for it and why the NHL has gone to the lengths that it's gone to to make it seem unique.
1: And I think regardless, I I think it's interesting. The way that you and I perceive it are – there are, like, some common strands and there are some very different ways that we look at it. But the one thing that we do agree on is it was a good presentation, and and yeah. and maybe this is where we can double agree on this. Nothing was distracting. Nope. I say that because I I do wonder. I'm glad to see the NHL didn't go the virtual the virtual fan visual route. Um, Fox is going to be working on that with with MLB. They had that video go out. We did a, a post over on Crossing Broad for it. I assume that they're piloting that to see if they can use it for NFL games. La Liga in Spain tried to experiment with a really really bad virtual crowd that actually uh you know how like sometimes the the advertisements behind the goals will sometimes shift and they don't mean to but like there's something techy like wonky glitchy. Uh La Liga games the first week that they tried to do it the entire virtual board that they were trying to use to uh to block out the the empty seats that plus the virtual fans, quote unquote, on the sides that looked like they came out of like an N64 version of a game, the whole thing just kind of slid uh, when it wasn't supposed to. So you would see some empty seats as this whole thing would slide, and it was really wonky, super distracting. Obviously, I think that the NHL like really did a good job here. Of depending on the angle they shoot from, you've got those big beautiful screens behind if you want to use them, and if not, the tarped seats. It, it's a clean. It's a clean look. And why do I know that it's a good clean look? Because I've been arguing now for over a month with Kyle uh, from Crossing Broad about the NBA versus the NHL and the way that they're going to present it. And I said that I was worried that the NBA setup was going to end up being a little bit too small to feel a little bit too claustrophobic. And I was a little bit worried that the NHL broadcast was going to be echoey and maybe it wasn't going to live up to the hype. He came out of nowhere today and was like, they really crushed this. This looks excellent. And if there's one guy who's going to be fixated on the small details in that presentation, it's Kyle Scott. So they want him over. So, I mean. So, so you know what the
0: difference is between the NHL and La Liga? Go ahead. You going
1: to crap on soccer? The, the, the,
0: the, the the NHL Mm -hmm. uh, tech people took the time to test it out, prepare it, check it, make sure it worked you know, get some feedback and, and make sure that they put something unique together. The La Liga people were like you, uh, when we're getting ready to do a show, uh, about the press row show, they're just five minutes beforehand. Like, yeah, I'll, be, wait, I'll get this to work. Yeah. That was that
1: it. it was pretty much that. Yeah. You're probably, you're, you're not wrong Aunt. You're not wrong. Uh, I'm not wrong. So I do like, okay. So we've, we've hit, I think on pretty much everything. That's of, of major importance. We could get into the roster itself. I'm not too focused on that. We did two shows last week. One that was hitting all the major storylines. We did one about Oscar Lindblom, just to update the people in case you didn't get to see the exhibition or, or whatever. He's not with the team yet; still with his family abroad. Um, that did come up in the press availability because Carson Torinsky was a guy who some people thought might be able to impress out of camp, as he tends to do every year in training camp, and then gets to the you know the big show, and it's you know hit or miss he doesn't make the team, but Oscar Lindblom does. And they carried four goalies and there were questions about it. Chuck Fletcher said that ultimately the, the goal here was have four goalies in case you need them and have Oscar Lindblom with the team. It's not with them yet. They're working on a plan to get him in. You and I talked about, you know, whether or not we think he's actually going to play or, or how deep of a run the team would have to, you know, have for him to play. We got into that on on an episode previously. So if people want to go back and listen to that, they can. Um, I don't have too much more because the I don't think the roster battles really matter all that much for us to speculate on. Um, you know, if anything, it's – it's does no, that, does Ghost does ghost make it – I think yeah. he actually looked pretty solid today, all things considered. He's coming off of two knee surgeries since January. Um, listen, if Shane Goss' despair is able to contribute to this team in a meaningful way and – shows the willingness to put the puck on net like he did a few years ago versus the guy who seemed kind of reluctant to do so last year. uh, That would not be a bad addition to the team. I think that might, you know, the, the six, seven defenseman thing again, maybe is probably the most intriguing thing. And Michael Roffle factored into the game today. He hadn't uh, been factoring much in practice. He'd been um, relegated out of the, the top. Uh, 12 forwards, so it was interesting to see. You know, maybe maybe that's something you look at between him and and like a Nate Thompson or something. I don't know. Is there anything that you really found that intriguing that's worth getting into?
0: No, no, and I th- I, th- I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head. I I still think Ghost is seven uh, on this list. I think that they there's no reason to not have Braun and Haig They played well together um, right before the pause, so I think at the very least they're going to be given the opportunity to start. Um, uh, uh, as the third pair, um, for the Flyers. Uh, I, and I'll be honest, I could see ghost getting an opportunity, you know, obviously if one of them struggle, whatever, but I, I can also see ghost getting an opportunity. If somebody like a Phil Myers yeah, is not up to snuff, you know, in those games. So I, I, I think that even though he's seven, I think he's going to see time. And I think, you know, and Friedman is eight Friedman probably doesn't get in unless there's an injury. Um but I think that that's kind of that's kind of where where they are, and at forward I still think Nate Thompson is thirteen, um, is your thirteenth forward. But there was something to like about the fact that they they can really match up defensively with their centers now when he's in the lineup, which they don't do as well without him in the lineup. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. That that might be a, a coach's decision based on matchups. Um, who plays against what team or in, in what lineup, um, based off the needs of the of the fourth line? Because that's really ultimately who's the fourth line going to match up against. Who do we like better, you know, in those spots? And I think that that's that's really what's going. So I think there'll be some fluctuation. Look, there always is in the playoffs. I can't tell you a time ever where it was. 12 and 6 and 1, right? The same 12 forwards, the same six defensemen, and the same one goalie that played every game for a Stanley Cup champion. So in the playoffs, other guys have to contribute, come in and play. So these guys are going to be given an opportunity. There's no doubt about it. At some point during this playoff run, we're going to see all these guys um, that were just that we just talked about. Um, but I don't I do think like at, at this moment, I'm gonna say Nate Thompson is your extra for your first extra forward. Shane Gossespare is your first extra defenseman.
1: And again, this is why it's so important that these guys do get to see some time in the round Robin. And I think, again, it kind of speaks to the depth that the team has and also the the benefit that the Flyers have, you know, by the, by the pause that they don't have to try to make do without um, JVR and Phil Myers and even Nate Thompson. Like the fact that these guys are all healthy and available, like that is a big thing. And the fact that, you know, you and I can kind of go back and forth and say, all right, you know, listen, if you're eight, eight D-men deep going into this. And I think Mark Freeman actually did a pretty good job in a, you know, a short stretch here in the season when Ghost was down. Um, if, you, if you can go into this and, and say, Hey, you know, eight defensemen deep. Uh, it sounds kind of like what happened to Hitch, right? That was the thing that Hitch talked about yeah. that, that derailed the the biggest regret of his career, which by the way, back in the archive, if you didn't listen to the uh, episode with Ken Hitchcock, uh, that they started with what I think he said, seven defensemen. That they were comfortable with. Not, and, they started with nine. With, oh yeah, they had and, nine. They and, were nine deep. And then they ended up. And they ended at, up with five. Yep. <laughs> and the sad thing was that they, what was it? They they were they were two days away from getting two or three guys back. Three, two or three of them back. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Wow. So this is a good thing. They and just I think, had to win. They
0: just had to win Game Seven against Tampa, and then they would have been healthy for the final.
1: Oh God! don't rehash this don't don't and they would the they would again. have beaten
0: that calgary team they would oh, they would have, they would have the won wound. the Stanley Cup in o four
1: There are so many people right now who had finally I, kind of put that to bed well, and i we, I we stand, stand by it to the, to this it. day no, you're right.
0: they're the best flyers team to never win the stanley cup i they're better than ninety seven they were better than as 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 fun and and awesome as the eighty five and eighty seven teams were you know against Ed, and, and, and they went seven games with Eventon 80. That 04 Flyers team was the best Flyers team to never
1: win a Stanley Cup. Well, I think at this point, I think we're in good shape. Um yeah. we, we kind of want to update the people about a few other things really quickly. Um so the Flyers obviously play on Sunday against the Bruins. That'll be their first game back at three o'clock start. I believe that one's on NBC. That's a nationally televised game. Mm -hmm. Um, The game that they're going to play against the Capitals on Thursday, uh, the time is still TBA and uh, same for the Saturday clash with the lightning on the eighth, which is a different date now. Did that one get moved? That was the one that was the one that got moved. Okay. Um, So, We'll see what happens with those matchups. The the one against Boston, I know that there have been questions about the Press Row Show coming back. I think we're going to hold off on the Press Row Show until the Play knockout. Yeah, yeah, until, until the, the knockout round, Because Sunday, Sunday is my uh, anniversary. So I, <laughs> as much as my wife loves me, I don't know if she would love me having all three kids uh, at her because nap time will be over by then, and me trying to do the press row show with you. I can't spend my anniversary with you instead of her, I guess is what I'm saying. That's right? exactly right. So, we'll bring the press row show back for the knockout round. So, we won't do it for Boston, Washington, and Tampa unless, unless I will make this the one caveat unless the Flyers have the chance to take the top seed in the conference and it all comes down to that third game, then we'll yeah, do the press row show because that'll be a real big thing. But yeah. otherwise, assuming that doesn't happen, It'll be for the knockout uh, stage. Um, We very well might be adding somebody else into the mix during the press row show. Uh, As as we get to that point, we'll have to see. I've had the chat with this, uh, this chap. He's uh, he said he's interested in doing some stuff with us during the playoffs. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes, but we're working on that. Um, And then the other thing is we're going to have a giveaway going. Uh, I'm just waiting on the final confirmation of what exactly is being sent. But I did reach out to the Flyers. Obviously, the the shirt that came out from a violent gentleman that uh, the players were seen getting on the plane uh, with the the cartoon shirt. I'm sure you saw it. I don't think uh, it says violent gentleman. Yeah, that's the name of the company. Are you sure it says violent? Yeah, that's I... the name. That's that is the name of the of the company. It's violent gentleman across the bottom. Hundred percent. Violent gentleman hockey club. That's the that's the. The brand, you can it's look not it up. Vigilant, no, It's not vigilant gentlemen? A, it's violent gentlemen, I'm okay. positive. I okay. DM'd them and I reached out to them on Facebook uh, okay. to see if it was possible for us to procure a shirt as a giveaway. Uh, I was told that that is the player only excu- exclusive shirt. There's no way to get one. So then I contacted the Flyers. I went through as many people in the organization that uh, will uh, answer me to ask if uh, there's any possibility that maybe one was left behind, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There weren't, but what the Flyers did say is that because they recognize that we're the only Flyers podcast, they didn't say that, uh, the fact that, um, you know, there are so many listeners to the show and you know, they know that people are bummed out that they can't be at the games. They're going to send some playoff, um, some playoff stuff our way. I believe playoff shirts, maybe something else. They're sending that over to me and then we'll, um, you know, we'll be doing a giveaway as we go here throughout the, uh, the round Robin and the postseason. So, um, I don't know if we're going to do this as a scavenger hunt where you have to listen to the show to the end to get a clue. I don't know if we're going to just do it as a follow Anthony, me and snow, the goalie or follow us on Facebook. I don't
0: know. I'm glad you mentioned the scavenger hunt. That reminds me of something It has nothing to do with hockey, but okay. back in, um, geez, I want to say it was like 2004, five, one of those years, roughly, um, maybe even a little bit later. Um, the Sixers, were making a playoff run and they had just made the playoffs and they their logo or their saying for that year, their um their catchphrase was it's time. And so what they did was they were hiding alarm clocks around the city of Philadelphia in different places that if you find found one, you would get tickets to game one of the playoffs. Love it. um, which was pretty awesome. And what they did was is they had um, hidden these alarm clocks in places around the city and suburbs that had to do with the word time. It's because it was it's time. And wouldn't you know that they hid the alarm clock in this patch of grass at the Delaware County Daily Times building right next to where I was parking in my car. And I had no idea, like I literally got out of the car in the morning, walked right over it, literally stepped right over it and went into, the, into work that day. And another employee at the paper actually saw it, parked right next to my car, literally right there, found it, picked it up and got the tickets to the playoff game and I didn't get to go. But so a scavenger hunt would be kind of a cool idea, Russ. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of loved that, that idea. That was a, uh, that was a uh, Dave Kosky idea back then. Um, and, you know, Kosky was a, was a brilliant guy with that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I think that that would be, if you want to do a scavenger hunt, I think that would be kind of a cool idea.
1: I think it'd be fun. I'm going to see what they send and I might come up with like tears. Cause they also said about like sending me stuff separate and i i don't care like i I think it's really nice of them but if there's something really cool in there and we can make that the scavenger hunt thing where there's like a a next tier up cool yeah you know looking forward to it i I like the idea of giveaways we have a good relationship with with people the flyers they're nice people i think it's really nice that they're trying to do something like that and they're doing something you know cool for listeners so um you know we'll we'll keep everybody posted on it um but make sure that you follow on twitter at snow the goalie and facebook um slash snow the goalie or over on instagram at snow the goalie we'll post you know updates on that kind of stuff in between when we do the shows so um yeah we'll do a nice nice giveaway pretty good pretty good uh you know what else is pretty good is anytime we get a five-star review and we actually happen to have uh have multiple coming in here and i have to say yeah so it's uh it's pretty nice pretty nice so uh let's start with uh five-star review They came in from Jack494916 from up in Canada. Uh, Best and only Flyers podcast. Speaking Mm of my language. I live in Canada and have access to many hockey podcasts, mainly all Leafs focused. It's painful to listen to and as a Flyers fan and a hockey fan. Snow the Goalie podcast is excellent each week. Love the amazing insight on the Flyers. Keep up the great work and saving me from endless Leafs garbage. I'm sure you'll get Keenan eventually. Uh, thanks, Jack. That's great. That's my in on next week's show, of course, yeah. as always. <laughs> that's a great
0: uh, uh
1: Van great Horn. Uh Van Horn S57 from the US. Uh five stars. Fans since Jerry Meehan's 80 foot dagger. Do you know what that is? No.
0: Ah, uh, Russ. Maybe I wait, Flyers maybe there's history. There's right, history. Go
1: ahead. Take everybody behind it.
0: Uh, it was well, it was either it was, I'm not sure if it was the 70 71, 71, 72. It was one of those two years. Uh, I think it was 71-72. The Flyers just needed to tie mm-hmm. Minnesota in the last game of the season to make the playoffs. And with four seconds to go in the game, Jerry Meehan took a shot from 80 feet away and it went in. And <laughs> the Flyers lost. And missed the and playoffs. <laughs> Could Watch. you imagine Watch. that happened today? Could you imagine the, the scrutiny that would go on today if they gave up they just needed to get to overtime and they let up an 80 foot goal with with 4 seconds left in the game to miss the playoffs. Oh my god. Not good. Not good. Yeah.
1: So that's what that that's the Jeremy and reference. there. All right. So, always the go-to source for serious Flyers fans, but this latest podcast is reason so many are devoted to you too. Uh, while you've previously hinted at a rift in the organization regarding uh, Nolan Patrick's selection, this latest information is why we subscribe. The truth is out there, as they say. Thank you. Isn't that the Isn't that the X Files? The truth is out there. Yeah, yeah, it is an X file. See that? That's good. Good job. By yeah, I appreciate it. So thanks, appreciate. Van Horn. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know which Van Horn you are. I don't know if you're Keith Van Horn. Remember the high socks? Yeah, I remember. Played with Keith AI. Hey, you remember Keith Van yeah. Horn? Was better on the Nets than the Sixers. Um. And then finally, our our last segment here, the Lee C. review, because Lee C. always goes on to Apple Podcasts and leaves an updated review now. I think it's been like four or five episodes in a row. By the way, by the way, I had been referring to Lee C. as a lady, and then uh, I got yelled at on Twitter – not yelled at. I got corrected on Twitter that Lee is actually a guy, said that the spelling is confusing. I'm sorry, Lee. Lee's a dude. Lee. Lee. All right, so anyway, Lee C.'s updated five-star review for the week. Oscar's contract podcast, five stars, another great podcast. Oscar's story is remarkable. The contract extension is great and the possibility of playing the season uh, would be a plus. The best case is he'll be an inspiration to his teammates throughout an unusual playoff run. I think Nolan Patrick should be given a two-year extension, maybe 2 million AAV per year. I really like Nolan at uh, medicine hat when he was playing with Ivan Provorov, the flyers were able to correct his groin injury prior to that year's draft. Remember the Lindros situation and the handling of that matter. I would think that this is impacting how they're handling Nolan. I would keep him. Great job, guys. Continued great success with your podcast. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Lee Again,
0: we got to get Lee into the uh, press row show. (sighs) Yes, he's got to become a regular in the press row show because that way we can at least we can interact interact with, with Lee as, in as, as opposed that way. He doesn't have to leave his opinions as part of the five star. There, review. there you go.
1: <laughs> now I'm trying to think you and I'll come up with this. We'll put it out on Twitter and over on Facebook when we're going to record the next show. Yeah. Uh, since Sunday's my anniversary uh, after that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So maybe mm-hmm. Monday we'll do uh, we'll record Monday for a Tuesday drop. Not positive. We'll put that out on social media, but in the meantime, make sure that you follow us wherever you, uh, well, first thing, subscribe. Um, because you want to just make sure that you're always on top of getting the newest episode of snow, the goalie, the only flyers podcast, um, over on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play music, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Note that there are two. Snow the goalies that you can find on almost every platform, especially Apple Podcasts. One is the crossing broad feed. That's the one that, uh, the show originally gets posted to the other one is on uh, the, uh, hockey podcast network feed. That is the one that we syndicate the show out to, uh, They typically post Mondays and Thursdays. So if you're subscribed to that uh, channel, you will get the show, but you won't get it as early as you would over on the Crossing Broad feed. If you want to subscribe to both, by all means, it helps everybody out. Helps everybody out, make a little bit of cashola, but you know, do what you feel. Follow us over on Twitter. Anthony is at AntSanfilly. I'm at Joy on Broad. Of course, you can see that in the description of this episode. Follow us also on Twitter at Snow the Goalie, on Instagram at Snow the Goalie, and on Facebook Facebook.com/snowthegolie. Uh, for Anthony, I'm Russ. Thanks for listening to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, the Players Podcast, the Presidential Podcast, the Prognosticators Podcast, the PD Life Podcast, the Pampers Podcast, the Prongercast, Canoublcast, Patrick Sharpcast the pooling cast, the prop cast, the only Flyers podcast. Hockey's back.